Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Hey, it's Erica. Quick little note. The Bay is looking for an intern. This is a a 16-hour-a-week paid opportunity to help us make this show. The internship runs from January through June of 2024. So if you've got love for local news, the Bay Area, and podcasting, let's chat. The deadline to apply is November 17th. We'll leave you a link to the application in our show notes. All right, here's the show. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for gathering your children together this morning. Back in August, a group of people gathered inside a local church, a little south of Willow Glen in San Jose. They opened the meeting with a prayer. But this wasn't a church meeting. It was a gathering hosted by the Silicon Valley Association of Republican Women about what's getting taught in public schools. Father, we are asking not only for your forgiveness of our sins, but also your grace and mercy to help us restoring our children's faith in you and rescuing the children who have been under the most evil public school system America has ever seen. Father, we humbly... The prayer was part of a call to bring like-minded conservatives together and prepare them for public office. In particular, to try and encourage more conservatives to get into the management and oversight of public schools in the South Bay by running for school board. We ask for your anointing on every man and woman here today so that they are empowered and emboldened by your Holy Spirit to accomplish this daunting task of saving the captured children and the future of America. Today, the conservative groups in the South Bay who want to take control of public schools. And what really fascinated me about the meeting was it kind of gave a peek behind the curtain of how these groups are talking, you know, behind closed doors. Guy Marzarati is a political correspondent for KQED. So at the meeting, you had Silicon Valley Association of Republican Women, um, some of the successful conservative school board candidates in the South Bay, and then this leader of a local group that's called Informed Parents of Silicon Valley. Yeah, tell me about them. I know they were there. Who was there representing that group and what was he talking about? Right. So you had Larry Pegram, who's the head of Informed Parents of Silicon Valley. We are here to restore parental rights, to regain parental control, to oppose CRT, to oppose... 
He's a former San Jose City Council member who served in the 70s and really for the decades since has been a big activist locally uh, against gay rights. He, you know, fought against anti-discrimination ordinances in the 80s. He fought against gay marriage. And so his group right now is focused on encouraging parents to opt their kids out of sex ed. We do support health-based sex education uh, that teaches uh, the reproductive cycle, biology, there's a concept. Not only was he there encouraging and supporting people to run for office, but he kind of really laid out the link between what his group was doing around curriculum and then getting people to run for school board. The importance of parents' organizations, hugely important, because when this gentleman and this gentleman decide that they want to stand up and be a, a school board member, they need help. And Pegram said his hope is that all these parents kind of connect and then form local groups in their district, these parent groups. And then when a conservative candidate runs for office, these parent groups are going to kind of serve as a backbone for the campaign. And here's the one I like. You have to create a volunteer army. And I know one candidate who'd actually won a school board seat. Linda Chavez was at this meeting. Who is she and, and what did she have to say at the meeting? So Linda Chavez is basically an example of someone who has built political power at the school board level. You're only running against yourself. You can either win or lose. And I guess what? I don't like losing. I'm a sore loser. I hate losing. Losing is for losers. She won a, a seat as a trustee in the Alum Rock Elementary School District on San Jose's east side back in 2018. So she's been kind of a success story of this local conservative movement. When Chavez ran, she had three priorities. Number one, focus on student achievement. Number two, rebuild the trust of our community. And number three, work with everyone toward a common goal. That sounds pretty innocuous. It sounds like, you know, everyone could get behind those three priorities. But when she was speaking at the meeting to potential candidates and talking about why she had run in the first place, she said it was the, quote, gay stuff that was happening in the school district. So I decided I'm going to run. Why? Because they were hurting the children. They had just finished passing all of this gay stuff. And this is one of the first districts that did it. And I looked around and said, this is all going to go this way. Not on my watch. So, Guy, these groups are having meetings like this to try and rally folks of similar minds and goals to run for school board seats. But why school board seats? I think there's no doubt that it's been a national effort among conservatives to build power at the school board level. This is especially a focus in California because, look, Conservatives have not done well electorally in this state writ large. But the thing about school board is it's not a partisan race. You're not running with an R next to your name or a D next to your name. So the state Republican Party has made a concerted effort to win school board seats really because there's an opening in which conservatives can you know, get on the ballot in a low information election. It's not something people are particularly paying attention to. And they're not weighed down by the designation of being a Republican candidate. 
Well, based on what we heard from the meeting, these organizations and these candidates sound very hostile to LGBTQ people. I mean, talking about passing all this quote unquote gay stuff. What do these groups have to say about that? And what are they advocating for in public? Yeah, so informed parents of Silicon Valley, their stated goal is to teach parents uh, about their ability to remove kids from classes they view as inappropriate. And what they're really targeting is comprehensive sex education, which in California also includes like LGBTQ plus inclusive language and also HIV AIDS prevention education. That's really where they're trying to say like parents try to opt your kids out of these classes. And in the case of comprehensive sex ed, these are classes that are required under state law, but the state is also already required to tell parents you have the ability to opt out. So that's what their stated goal is. We are not involved in politics. When I interviewed Larry Pegram, who runs a group, he said, our group is not about politics. We're not involved in any of this. We're strictly just to disseminate information. We're involved in uh, parents' rights and the responsibilities of parents to raise their children. I didn't speak with prospective candidates. I talked about what our organization was doing. But this meeting offered a really different window into their aims and kind of stated goals. Our organization, Informed Parents of Silicon Valley, is dedicated to helping you candidates get elected. That's that's what we're about. Now we're a 501c3 organization. We don't uh, do this for the take. We do not endorse any candidates. But people that think like us, we're an education organization and we can help educate people. Pegram is up there in this meeting giving candidates advice and really talking through how his group and the activities of his group are connected to electing more conservative school board members. How successful have they been so far at actually gaining ground in Silicon Valley, at actually winning school board seats? Last year, there were four school board candidates that were backed by this Republican women's group who actually won in the South Bay. So that in itself might be kind of surprising. Like, this is a liberal area. Four school board candidates won. On the other hand, like, there are more than 100 school board members in the South Bay. So the conservative members are making up a pretty small fraction of that. But I would say school boards, it's uh, in many cases like a five-member board. You only have to win a few candidates in a specific district to really exert a lot of control and make a lot of difference on issues like curriculum. Coming up, what happened when San Jose could no longer ignore informed parents of Silicon Valley? Stay with us. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California, the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from Throughline. 
If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. This is still the Bay Area, and I have to imagine a lot of parents and elected leaders would be pretty angry to hear about these efforts by informed parents. How do people start to become aware of these groups and what they're doing? Yeah, so informed parents really got on the radar of local elected officials at the start of this school year. You had volunteers with the group going to school sites and handing out leaflets. They look kind of like bookmarks that were encouraging parents to pull their kids out of sex ed. But the bookmarks had really harsh language on them, saying things like, your children are at risk. Schools are teaching gender confusion. And that's when the backlash against these groups really, you know, kicked off and went to another level. Okay, we are now on to item 3.5, which is a resolution affirming support of the transgender and broader LGBTQ plus communities. So a couple of weeks ago, the San Jose City Council met to take up a resolution that on its face was about supporting the city's LGBTQ plus community. But once the discussion really started, it was clear that the real purpose and genesis of this resolution was to denounce the informed parents group. We must not let them win or even think they win. These flyers contain misinformation and hateful dog whistles that target our LGBTQ community. So you had Pam Foley, a council member who co-wrote the resolution, really speaking out about the canvassing activity of informed parents, the ways in which they distributed this literature, the ways in which they described what was happening in schools. I've asked the clerk to project the two-sided pamphlets that were being passed out by these individuals at Bagby. One says your children at risk, talks about teachers indoctrinating children. I was on the school board for 14 years. That isn't true. And to all the teachers in the room, I know that's not true. Schools are a safe place. And I know one council member in particular was actually really emotional about this issue. Can you tell me about city council member Omar Torres? Yeah, Omar Torres is the first openly gay Latino council member in San Jose's history. He also co-authored this resolution. And a few times he just was overwhelmed when he began to speak on this issue. I'm trying to regain my composure. Thank you, Pam. <laughs> you had other council members kind of going over to him on the dais and like patting him on the back, consoling him. If you can come back. You want to take me. a second? Sure. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Thanks, council member. Uh, we'll go to Councilmember Dawn. Ultimately, he, he spoke and he spoke really personally about the issue and the ways in which he sees these efforts by conservative groups as an effort to push LGBTQ students, as he put it, back into the closet. As a gay brown male, I've experienced the struggle of, of, of trying to be proud of who I am in the face 
of adversity. And I stand here crying, not only as a council member, but as a human who has been the target of hate solely because of my sexual orientation. Well, what ultimately was the result of the meeting, Guy, and what, what does it mean exactly? Ultimately, on a unanimous vote, the council approved uh, this resolution. The meeting itself showed that, you know, these elected officials wanted to put these conservative groups in the spotlight. They wanted to bring out, you know, supporters of the LGBTQ community in the city to speak in public comment, which happened. And I think this is really going to be kind of setting the stage for school board campaigns in 2024, which is perhaps an effort by, you know, allies of the of San Jose's and the South Bay's LGBTQ community to really spotlight these school board races and what's happening in schools. Oftentimes, school board elections go under the radar And I think the the council wanted to make sure they were kind of planting the flag. And to me, it kind of set the stage for the kind of confrontations because there were folks who came to the meeting and spoke in support of some of these conservative groups, setting up the kind of confrontations we might see on the ballot next year. Well, Guy, it strikes me that this is sort of, I guess, the Bay Area's version of what we've seen in red states with you know, the passage of all these anti-LGBTQ laws, uh, many of them targeted at schools and kids. And like, what do you think this ultimately means for voters as as we were thinking about, you know, 2024? Yeah, I mean, I think what you're seeing happening on the school board level in the Bay Area is, you know, in the minds of some, just the latest iteration of pushback against the LGBTQ community. It's the same playbook that was used to say gay people are scary. We don't want people grooming our children to think that they're gay or lesbian. And I talked to Dr. Melissa Michelson, who is a political science professor at Menlo College, and she laid it out as the latest iteration of the culture wars. The culture wars are all about finding that new thing that divides and tries to, you know, to pull away from the opposition's coalition. She compared it to, you know, the pushback against gay rights and gay marriage more than a decade ago. It's old, it's new, and things are always kind of more um, susceptible to being exploited as a culture war issue when it comes to vulnerable populations like small children. What's going on in schools? What books are available in school libraries? What's the curriculum that's being taught? How are we treating transgender students? That's become kind of the new frontier that can inflame parents or ultimately inflame voters. Well, Guy, thank you so much. My pleasure. That was Guy Marzarati, a political correspondent for KQED. This 26-minute conversation with Guy was cut down and edited by producer Maria Esquinka. Alan Montecilio is our senior editor. He scored this episode and added all the tape. Music courtesy of the Audio Network. The Bay is a production of member-supported KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.
Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 